Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today's episode is with Aid Mills, a great conversation we had back in April uh, of 2020, just after the lockdown happened. Uh, a lot of things have happened since then, a lot of uh, new things for the podcast as well, two new co-hosts. Um, this episode was with myself and Aid from April. I hope you enjoy it, and if you do enjoy it, you can check out the links down in the description below to help out the podcast. See you at the end. Welcome to the podcast. No, thanks for having me on. No worries, no it's worries. Pleasure. Yeah, it's good to good to chat and actually like chat in person. So chat it's a little yes. bit on Instagram. So uh, I guess we'll start with uh, who you are and what do you do? Yes, uh, I'm Abe Mills. Um, so I'm currently a senior designer at Plain Design. Uh, I also run all that's on hiatus, the Design and Jones podcast. Uh, I do a couple of bits, kind of my own personal work as well, and. Um, yeah, I'm a graduate of University of Brighton, which I graduated in 2012. That's, nice. That's kind of just who I am, really. <laughs> nice, yeah. Um, actually, we'll start off with how you found like, how did you graduate and, and um, how did you get into the, into the industry? How did you find that transition? Um, the transition, I kind of got a few lucky breaks, really. Um, but in terms of graduation, so my relationship with university wasn't great. So my first year... Absolutely loved it. Had so much fun. Met, met some great people, and like the course lecturers were amazing. And kind of, they really understood that you can't just pigeonhole everyone and go, "This is the style that's kind of popular now. Let's kind of get you to do this because that's going to get you a job." They kind of understood what I liked, so what I wanted to do, and where I wanted to be. So, I kind of got references that were close to what I wanted, but were abstract enough to inspire me a bit more then going into my second year the course leaders changed over and stuff and I started to feel like I was being pushed into certain areas and didn't really get on with the course leaders because I wanted to do a lot of like physical work as well like I wanted to draw stuff and experiment with bits and pieces but it had to be very often now you know in 2011 it's digital it's you know really clean skimorphism stuff it's mm. I wasn't interested in that. I was interested in so skateboarding stuff and basketball, like that real gritty sports. Like I know it's overplayed now, but like Nike and like big influences to me were like Neville Brody and like his stuff and the really amazing stuff they were doing around Bo Jackson and just being a bit more gritty. Mm. You know, um, some of the classic basketball adverts like the Michael Jordan and Miles Blackman with Spike Lee. You know those things just really resonated with me just simple messaging and I just loved those campaigns and things but that wasn't what was great then you know Apple was king of design at that point and so skeuomorphism was yeah let's let's make everything try and be hyper realistic and let's do this that and the other and I just didn't like it really hated it <laughs> so I was doing an FDA at Brighton and managed to graduate that and went off to do um, BA top up which was also at Brian and had a very similar experience so I was like putting ideas forward from like my dissertation and like bits of projects with DNAD and they just weren't they weren't really liking them because they wasn't the ones that would get the awards they weren't the ones that would do this and the other like the ideas weren't or they at least projected wouldn't and I just really hate it so I started doing a lot more stuff outside of work outside of um, university and that's the stuff I ended up showing them a final year um, didn't graduate with a great grade. Um, <laughs> I graduated, I'm putting it that way. Um, 
but kind of what that taught me really was you've got to have your own work ethic and you've got to do work how you feel you can do work i was great at locking myself away at ridiculous hours at night and just doing stuff so one of my favorite things to do probably because of how um how high i got was <laughs> i did a six foot by four foot sharpie drawing of mike tyson wow and it was like 90 percent coverage of paper so i was using wow. massive thick old sharpies and obviously they're like pure like alcohol content and <laughs> the <laughs> smell was intense and i had because i was doing a through a light box like i had a custom light box that was it was essentially four chairs and a big piece of perspex and i went up there and had a big outdoor lamp underneath that had big halogen things so it heated up like you wouldn't believe so the smell was even intense and i was doing that until like four o'clock in the mornings and stuff and i was just by the end of it i couldn't really see straight but it, it was just like <laughs> I, it was something I knew I did and I enjoyed doing it, learning how to kind of get the shapes out of like a certain picture and stuff and cut those off. And that kind mm. of translated into doing digital work. Um, so the techniques I like that I did in um, another portrait of a basketball player when I was learning to do kind of bits of that. So that's what really told me like I can do stuff outside. And I was learning 3D as well. So I stayed up late trying to learn Cinema 4D and audio reactive stuff. And that was fun. So that's all the stuff I showed in end of year was personal work. I didn't show any of my uni work because I just hated it. You know, I was had ideas for doing like a physical cover for Little White Lies for the DNAD yeah. project. And they're like, well, there's not enough digital in it. I'm like, well, I'm going to put it into Photoshop and like give all this stuff to it and do this. And it's like, yeah, that's not good enough. Like it has to be like a lot more digital because this is a digital media design course. Like yeah, we were digital, <laughs> but I need to, like the physical thing to kind of do it uh, I, like back then you're like well, this is really annoying and frustrating but i kind of see what they were trying to do they were trying to get me jobs and stuff like that they were trying to direct me in that thing but i think it was kind of wrong in a sense to pigeonhole me because you see people now like tina tooley and stuff they're using physical items and then digitizing them and they're creating these amazing works and like i felt looking back on it i feel like if i was allowed to do that I might have ended up doing stuff like that, which are just amazing artworks. So I left university not not feeling confident, but I had already got a job at, um, at Delaware Pavilion, which is an amazing arts organization on the South Coast. And I was doing their in-house design, but I was mainly running their social media and like online presence. So how did you get that but, then, if you hadn't graduated? Um, so... That job came about, so I was working in retail before and just through a few friends that worked there, I kind of got an interview there and just went in and had a chat with them, like a little bit of a mini interview there and obviously impressed enough to get the job in there. Well, so it's and, just, um, just through friends, just through chatting, chatting people and knowing people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, like, I think that's how a lot of people kind of will get to know about jobs, you know. Mm. You know, it's all when I go try and find things on job boards and things and, you know, a lot of how classically jobs are found, but there's nothing better than being physically recommended or having a physical introduction because you've broken a barrier and interviews are a lot easier and you feel more comfortable. And I think if I didn't have that recommendation or like just someone suggesting me, I think 
I would have been a lot more nervous than I was. I don't think I would have got a job. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a naturally confident person unless I'm in positions where I know what I'm talking about and, you know, I've got a passion for what it is. At that point, I didn't have that passion because of university. So I was just there just kind of trying to, in my head, pet myself up. But yeah, getting that job was amazing because there's so many connections I had through that. So through the time there, there was a lot of design-focused exhibitions that were amazing to be a part of. Um, there's a, a Mark Leckie exhibition, which is called the Universal Addressability of Dumb Things, which was a take on kind of the weird rabbit holes you go down for the web. Mm. You know, we had a giant Felix inflatable <laughs> next to like one of those clay sculptures for cars. And it's like, well, how do you go from that to that? It's like, that's, that's what I'm trying point. to say, you know, the yeah, web is yeah. nuts. And that, that was amazing. And we've had... Um, Ladybird by Design, which was a collection of all the Ladybird covers, which, my God, those things are amazing. You know, I grew up with those yeah. as a kid. And there's so many of them. It was just amazing hearing people's stories. You know, the building itself invites a lot of people. And probably a crowning moment of that, that employment was, um, so the building was built by a guy, uh, two guys, um, Serge Mayef and Eric Mendelssohn. Shemaev was the father of Ivan Shemaev, wow. who uh, is sadly passed. Is um, Shemaev? Uh, Guysman Haviv. Haviv yeah. now, but back then, it's a huge brand new studio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We actually had an exhibition of Ivan's work, and he basically let let the curators kind of like, here's my work. You pick it, and we got to see some of that first hand. Like that stuff was insane. And he had, we had a private kind of dinner where usually an artist comes over, but obviously he's, he was elderly, he was in the US, and he'd had a family tragedy recent, like a few, I think it was like a week before this thing was to happen. It's like, you know, he's probably not going to come. But he ended up turning up, and it was just, you know, this, a statue of a man. It was, it was an incredible, incredible experience. That's a, that's a good point. Like the, these sort of guys who who I've met, like the eighty odd year old designers, they're the ones that stick out in my mind. Like I, I when I've chatted with Lance Wyman, I know it wasn't in person, but like chatting with him was a dream come true. Incredible man. Like so many good stories, yeah. so much wisdom. And then even in person ones like uh, Paul Paul Trevillian, the sports illustrator, just so much wisdom and so much like uh, so much admiration for him. Yeah, and there's so. The other part of that, the amazing part of that event, so I'm currently on the board of um, the ISTD, which is the International Society of Typographic Designers. And at that point, I was, I think I was a member at that point. Um, so a few of the ISTD kind of been invited along to it because obviously that's, you know, it's a big connection there. And one of those people was a lady called Frida Sack, who sadly passed away last year, who... Is an incredible typographic. She was an incredible typographic designer. She ran the Foundry Types, which was with uh, David Quay, and she carried herself with it. She had enormous respect for like, a lot of people, and to see some of her stature go up to Ivan Shemaev and ask for an autograph was 
such a surreal moment for someone I looked up to mm. to go over and look up to someone else was just it it was very surreal but it was just like you know it really solidified in my head that everyone's kind of on that level page yeah everyone's got different experiences different skills some people are better 100%. at their jobs than others but when it comes down to it everyone's human everyone has flaws weaknesses heroes idols enemies that kind of stuff and i'm a very big believer is like you start off with nothing so no matter what you get whether you're reaching out to someone you get a no you've got something gained and yeah it's just one of those experiences where just everything around it just kind of really focused me on what i'd like to be in the industry Mm. you know i'd love to kind of be not i don't think i'll ever get to their levels you know but it's good to strive for that but i just don't don't see myself getting that high because that yeah they are the pinnacle but in terms of being able to see someone that is for lack of a better term like lower down a pecking order or new inexperienced and just being able to say i'm going to give you the time i kind of want to be in that position that i can maybe help someone even if it's like for five seconds you know uh that's one of the reasons i set up the podcast was to do that you know i just want to share a story yeah for sure that's great, and so, that's why. Yeah, that's why I'm on this podcast as well, helping out. So, uh, yeah, yeah, sharing advice and experience is um, it's definitely an important thing for for the community to, to share these things. And something we're trying to do over the, on the on the website as well now is to build up this huge library of different topics, and eventually, we'll hopefully have covered pretty much all of the topics that we can think of, and all the, the give, sort of give it to the community and say, look, right, there you go, here's some here's a really good toolkit of all the advice and stuff you need to start as a designer and I don't know, maybe maybe one day. Yeah. I mean it's interesting you say start as a designer because what I've seen as well is those people that like you said, those, those ones that are eighty year olds, you know, the ones that have got the classical like trained designers. The the most amazing ones to meet are the ones that go, I don't quite know about something else, but you do you're young, teach me about mm. it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think no matter who you are, you, you can't stop learning, you know, whether you're a student or a complete seasoned that kind of knows near enough everything about the business, there's always going to be something you won't know, you know. It's true. New tools, Adobe's released stuff every five minutes, you know. <laughs> I've not, 3D is a big thing, like, unless you did, have done 3D as like probably a course, like it's, you don't really know it. Yeah, yeah. So those emotion, yeah. don't know about 3D, you know, they want to learn about that stuff. And if you lose that hunger to learn, I think that's when you're probably not going to really progress in a career or really enjoy your work, I think. You become kind of yeah. going through the motions and for, you know, a bit of a jobber, really. You kind of just, it comes in, you get it done, it goes out. There's no emotional attachment to your work. And you can kind of sometimes see that, you know, like a repeat like you'll see the same website come out of someone about three times you're like you just change the logo and i've done something it's you haven't kind of tried to push yourself and you've got to flex your muscles a little bit and try and put yourself in an uncomfortable position because that's where the best opportunities come from yeah i 100 percent agree with that that's uh on a t-shirt or on a poster or something like that. <laughs> yeah you need to you need to get your creative uh Creative muscles on and start start creating yeah, stuff. Yeah, which is a bit like the poster you got behind you, Radims. You know, yeah. things are work in progress. Like whether that's yourself or your actual work, you know, Radims great for those quotes. You know, he's he's such a goldmine for just those little bits of nuggets. You go, 
you know, yeah, that that makes perfect sense, you know. Yeah, I like the um, miracles can happen on any size wave as well, which is cool. Which yeah, I didn't really exactly. understand. I didn't understand that until I was thinking about it again the other day. And he's explained it to me a couple of times, but I've just never really thought about it properly. And it's like, well, yeah, why why can't you get that big client? Like, why can't you do something that you want to do? Like, if, if even if you're starting out, why can't you chat with Paul Asher? Or why can't you chat with Lance Wyman? Like, message them, see what happens. Yeah, but, exactly. And I think a lot of people will ask, well, oh, that's not me. It's like, well, it, it can be. You've just got to do it. You know, it's um, the, the big thing at the moment in basketball is the, the Last Dance documentary with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Which, if you actually look at his history and like the things he's kind of done, the reason he got where he was is because he was tenacious. You know, he was he wanted to get better. He wanted to win. He wanted to always one up the next person. And he got cut from his high school team. Didn't make varsity. A lot of people see that as defeating. Oh, I'm not going to be good enough. And he went went away and just trained, trained, then got on it. When he went to UNC, he wasn't the best player. Uh, but it was in like a couple of weeks. He became the best player because he just kept going at people and his work rate was unreal. And then when he gets to the NBA, he gets even better and better. You know, It's just an, uh, for someone to have that drive and determination, there's very few of those people that have it to that level. You know, Just in basketball terms, the only, the only person really to have that much of a drive was Kobe Bryant, who emulated Michael Jordan in a way that was incredible mm. you know he took everything from that and he studied it and made it modern because Michael Jordan's one era Kobe was another and I think that's where applying that to design a lot of people will try and copy someone else and take that style and do their like it's pretty much the same thing but you can take that and you need to put your modern spin on it to make it right for you now and that's how you get better you know you have to take the reference and take keys from the past yeah, like standing on the shoulders of, of giants is what I like that quote. Like, yeah. That's cool. No, quote. exactly it. You know, they've paved ways for people to do certain things, you know, without, say, Letraset and things like that. Like, you wouldn't get where you are now. There's still bits in programs that are that hark back to that, you know. Mm. Uh, for one example, it doesn't quite work in a modern way, but in InDesign, the glyphs panel is the way it is because that's how it was in proper typesetting like that's how the trays were so if you were to reason that for now from scratch without any reference you probably wouldn't do that but it's done that because there's a lot of quick onboarding for when it was first done it's just not needed to be changed because people got used to it that's why if you were approached it you put all the a's together but you don't do that because that's not how it was set out yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like. I like. Let's just like keep going around the sports analogies and and the basketball quote for a for a minute because I I like this. Um, I'm like basketball. I haven't really gotten into, but the only time I've gotten into it is like over Christmas when I started betting on basketball, and that was a bad idea. Oh, it's great to bet on. It's great. <laughs> uh, I, I do it a few times um, because there's so many games. Like, yeah, that's it's it. so quick turnaround. You know, it's 82 games per team a year minimum that's, that's, that's an unbelievable work rate it's like three or four games a week but yeah like so to keep myself busy like sometimes I just like to kind of say I've got quite a few little articles on the works and I've got a few talks I just do just to kind of get ideas out and you know I'd love to do a talk at places every now and then and like I just I just make them for that and one of them is just like I've got quite a few analogies between sports and design that I've seen as I've got through the industry more 
yeah. that I'd love to see kind of taken across because there's so many things in sports, I think, as a team-based thing and also as individuals that I think we can apply to design and being a creative that would probably make it a little bit easier for people and have less of a competitive nature, uh, nature to stuff, which is mm. like people going for pitches, they just like kind of fight as the enemies. But, you know, when you come off away from that, like you need to learn from each other. And that happens in sports quite a lot. You know, you'll get players from different teams working out together. You'd think, well, that's kind of stealing ideas, but it's like, yeah, it is, but you're going to make that one person better, which means you've got to get better. Yeah, yeah. So you can't sit there and go, I'm not going to give you my ideas because then you'll outdo me. What you kind of have to say is, I'll give you my ideas and I'll give you advice, I'll help you and I'll try and get you to my level because then I'll try and get better. And if you have that, not so much one-upmanship, but just trying to further things, the industry is only going to get better and better and the stuff's going to be more amazing what comes out of it. Yeah, I definitely see that, especially in my own, my own personal work as well. It's like I'm always looking at other designers and I've tried not to do it in a way which is harmful because you can do that and you think, oh, God, they're not better than me. And, oh, sorry, they're, they're yeah. better than me and I get so worried about sort of other people's work. But then I try to look, spit on its head and look at other people and think, all oh, right, how can I do better than that? <laughs> or like, can, I, yeah. can I, it's just the competitive, competitive nature, I think, of sports or, or growing up being a sports fan. I think you can, you can easily carry that across to design yeah and like, like you say you, you can be toxic and you can get frustrated with things but then that's where I think basketball is a good one because because you've got 82 games it's very much you if you lose a game that's it you're on to the next one you know you've got to, like, yeah. time to turn things around so you are very much just constantly striving for that next one and trying to get better I think that yeah like I said that, that that's what a nature of someone that can really excel in the industry needs I, I do like the um the Kobe Bryant sort of Michael Jordan look, like looking at a sign that's already done it and and where you want to be and uh and like looking at their Skillshare courses or looking at how they've done it on YouTube or because um Haviv actually has just uh released a, a Skillshare course and he's he's done quite, quite a lot of um quite a lot of videos on YouTube about this process and behind the scenes of, of how their company runs things and uh, mm. presents stuff to clients. And I, I, yeah, I feel like I should have watched this a couple of years ago. <laughs> it's like, uh, there's so many, so many designers and things that are out there just giving out free information and especially ones that, that come listening to the podcast as well. Listening to podcasts with people you look up to is, is huge and actually taking that knowledge. I made a little Instagram post the other day about, about this is you can listen to this sort of stuff for entertainment and, and it's great to have it on in the background, but there's actually so much knowledge being shared that you can learn from it. And I've only got to where I am from learning from conversations and listening to other people's conversations and podcasts. So you can yeah. apply it to your own life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you're, you're always trying to find that inspiration and find like, you see designs out there trying to find that cheap way through it and go, well, that's how it should be done. It's like, well, no, that's just how one person's done it. You can take keys from it and take, special little bits from it you go actually i really like that but i don't like this we'll mm. change it then don't try and find a template that works for everything you know templates are there to help not completely do the work for you yeah that's a that's a good one because you can get you can buy so many logo templates out there and <laughs> and as a general rule i'd say try to stay away from them but um it's just just for more of a creative thing like it's good to create your own logos um 
There was also licensing issues with that, but especially yeah. for young. Yeah. Starting out, yeah, starting there's out li- licensing, templates. and then there's just integrity, and then you know, there's 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 place for certain things like that where you know people just don't have those money, but it's it's always better to have that something that's yours because you can put so much behind it. I've only ever known like horror stories from people that have got cheap logos or something like Squareface where they do like their generative one and things like that. It's like it's the one that keeps good, popping but... up right now is sorry to cut you off. The one that keeps popping sorry? up on um, on YouTube adverts for me, which is really pissing me off right now, is Wix. Uh, oh no, it's not Wix. No, well, it is Wix. I've also Fiverr. Wix and Fiverr, they they piss oh, me off Fiverr's, right now. Yeah. But it's that horrible advert of that woman like screaming, like you don't need a logo. Like shut up, don't go. Like go to a proper designer. Stop being. And I'm... Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's, it, but if you're in like like that other position, it's yeah, it's difficult. If you're playing with your own money, like you go to a designer, and it's a lot more than people think. But mm. people, the general public, they're they're very. Some of them are great. They kind of understand. You know, it wants to be mine, and I don't want anyone else to accidentally have it. It's a bit like tattoos. You don't want the same tattoo someone else has got because it's got to mean something to you. You wouldn't just go and get off the shelf. You know, there's some mm-hmm. people that do. And you start going around, you see the same, like, to put it into low standards, the, the same, like, British bulldog that you see on certain people. You know, it's like... Made in England. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, come on, really? Like, put your own stamp on stuff. Like, yeah. And it's it's that, that for design people some people just don't understand like it's that connection it's that story behind it we've done projects that that we've put in tiny things that end users are never going to see but the clients really engage with because of certain bits and pieces you know we've done ones where we've done uh, like the hex codes on a website they spell out words that related to the client nice no one's ever going to see that but the client saw that and that becomes like the names of those colours and like that's she goes connects with them. It's, you know, it's it's one of those things that it's a really nice little touch that you're never gonna see, but it's yeah, it's great, you know. Like Yeah, the little things get you excited, right? Yeah, like on, even on my site, like the two colours are my name, like aid one's in like four D three is one colour and then A D and then loads of E's is the other one. It's like I know that. No one else can see that, but it's like it's fun. It's like yeah, that's a cool little Easter egg, you know. And I just love these. Like, love putting little Easter eggs and stuff. You love Easter. Easter. <laughs> yeah, I love the chocolate. <laughs> but I think I think that like that idea of hiding things stems from just a love of um, like Pixar, yeah, and stuff like that. You know, mm. just things like where you can go back and reignite a passion for something by discovering yeah, something new or some little thing that excites you to tell someone that doesn't know it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. I, love, I didn't realise that about the website. I just thought it was like really bright and <laughs> just like in your face. That's cool. I like, I like it a lot. That's, that's good to know. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, we were talking about sort of uh, taking things from other people. Uh, and before the show, I think we talked a little bit about um, not being too pigeonholed into one thing. So do we want to just discuss that? Like talk about how you've not yeah. gone down one route too much and you try to be as as open and as creative as possible in all directions. Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of, it was part and parcel of my work. So in Delaware, I was trying to, like, do things that would push things. And when I moved to Plain, like, 
our client base is just ridiculous. Like it, it's it's so varied from arts organisations to councils to um, financial sector and stuff like that. And it's like they all want something different, and they all want something that's something that's a bit more standard, something that's more creative, something's here, there, and you know, it's everything has its own personality. So I've had to jump from like half a day doing on a website to being on a print project onto a brand project. And for me, that's great because I, I can't sit still. <laughs> I yeah, can't yeah. focus on just that, that one thing. I don't have a drive to kind of go, that's my thing, I'm going to do it. I mean, I've kind of half done it with something where I like to give myself a lot of restrictions. That's more in a fact, like that's how I like to work of, I like to limit things. So just going back to my site, like it's limited to those two colors, you know, I don't use any other color on it. It's like I'm trying to go to there and I've recently did a 36 days of type where there was a very strict rules to do with these different typefaces. And so trying to move around and trying to like, I want to do this, I want to do that. Didn't like they, people generally put very finite things like that's you, and they try and say that's what you're going to be. And probably the best case scenario, like it's it's Gavin Strange, like the guy can touch his hand to anything, and it, like he puts his whole heart and soul into it, and just generates some amazing stuff because he has that passion to do lots of stuff. And he's someone that I just I look up to in terms of that because what he does is so much him and you can see that he loves what he does like what he does mm. and that's where he's got to where he is because he's oh, i'll do that you know some people might see that as a flaw as like that's a yes man but it depends if you take a yes and go oh, i'll just get that job done or we go yeah i'll do that and get excited about it and you get behind it and go yeah that's really me i want to do that yeah for sure and so i've never really kind of like i struggled when i came out of university like what do i put on a cv like what am I? Because I didn't get any kind of sense of direction of you are a UI designer, you are a print designer, you are going to be an illustrator of this. I was just kind of, I just want to do everything. I want to have a go at After Effects. I want to do Cinema 4D. I want to do a book. I want to do this. And so I just struggled. Like, I don't want to even call myself a designer because then people are going to pigeonhole me into, I can't do animation and I can't do um, like illustration stuff. So what can I call myself? And I was like, like I didn't have to kind of put anything because of just like a fortunate few events. But when I came to giving a talk at um, Reasons 2 a few years ago, which sadly now doesn't exist, which is a bit of a shame for the whole creative community in the UK and the people that came over for it, you know, it was an amazing event. They did a thing called Elevator Pitches, which I was really fortunate to do twice. Um, but a second time... I was trying to find out like what what kind of kind of call myself like I'm going to introduce myself I'm not talking about the podcast or such and this one so what can I say so I kind of just did some digging around and I know we've mentioned Gavin already he like like I say jack of all trades but I kind of I didn't want to steal his thing you know I would say like you want to build on what someone else has said and I didn't want it to be followed by a master of none because I was so young it was like people were going to look at me and go yeah but haven't really focused on anything and like see it as negative so I was like we're going to get something that just looks a bit different and maybe allows people to just go yeah you, you know you just do stuff and so I managed to find the term of factotum which it's kind of stuck with me a little bit like I don't really put that as like my title or stuff but when I kind of come to talk about it like with yourself or someone else like 
Yeah, I can say I'm a bit of a factotum. You know, it's, it means that someone that kind of can try their hand at a lot of stuff. And I think a lot, like we're saying, like a lot of people will tend to try and find, well, I need a job in this exact field because that's who I am. But if you apply yourself to something else, yeah, you never know how good you're going to be at that thing if you start pitching yourself. There are people that can do that really well. Like we were saying, Dan mm. Woodger, he has his style. He, has, he's, he is that kind of illustrator. Same with like um, Ben O'Brien, Ben an illustrator. He has, that's their thing, but they've, they've tried different things. You know, they've tried and they found what works for them and what works for them is their particular style. But then there's people that can't do that and people that need to kind of do different things, whether it's job focused or it's just how they are, like myself. I think that's where you understand who you are and you can build your passion for things and have a drive if you understand that really well. I'm also, I think about this, I'm also a bit worried that students will come out of university and think they only have to do or only want to do one thing. Because it, okay, so the people that I'm, like you'd mentioned and the people that we look up to that uh, only do one thing, they're very sort of exp- Experienced as sort of seasoned designers, and they've mm. had all the trying and stuff already. And it's almost, in my mind, almost like a little bit of a false hope of coming out of university and put, putting yourself doing one thing and trying to do only one thing straight out of university. So, like, because because if you're trying to get a design job, the studios aren't looking for someone that can only do one thing; they're looking for someone that could do everything, especially the junior yeah. design job. Yeah, I mean, probably just going back to like. Whereas at Union, I wasn't enjoying stuff. So one of the biggest influences to me was as uh, the brand NE40 and the guy behind that, Adam Wardle, like, <laughs> never really actually told him the story, but like without what he did, I probably wouldn't have carried on like experiment with like design and illustration. I probably would have given up. Um, but basically when he was going through stuff, he did a competition where he asked people to design sports kind of a a sports team and it's like it's mascot and things like that Mm. and at the time there's a guy called tom mack who was on the year above me i came in one day and he was working on his stuff for any 40 that he was doing with a guy called jack wells and i remember looking at going my god your style is amazing like you've got it locked down and like that that's incredible detail on this stuff i was like absolutely amazed by it and that introduced me to any 40 and all the stuff that i was done with different artists like is incredible and like that moment for me was like I could see Tom really engrossed in that work and like I went over to him and said hi and like told us a few things like you could see like he was just itching to get on this illustration and like understanding that and like just seeing how much he just wanted to work was insane but he came out with that and like he got quite known for that style so you can come out with that particular route sorted but you have to be very lucky and very dedicated to that thing whilst you're in university to be able to come out with that style and go, that's me. You have to have something built up. You know, mm. you have to put in that work and kind of make the connections and say, right, this is me. I know how to promote myself like this. But like you say, a lot of people come out and they, they haven't quite had that. And you go into like, if you're going to be a junior designer, you are going to have to do this, that and the other and you have to kind of try your hands and some people get scared with that, you know, they have a, a fear of failure of, I don't know what I'm doing. It's really scary. I can't ask this. But as soon as you go, you know what, I can ask it. I'm not going to be stupid if I just ask that I need a little bit of help. 
then you can experiment. You can have those times where you need to lean on someone and they're there. That's what a studio environment's for. It's to have everyone pick everyone else up. No, because everyone's going to have bad days. Some people are not going to know certain things. So being flexible enough to go, I don't know what I'm doing or I know what I'm doing on this thing. You need help. Let me help you. And taking egos out of it. You know, as you touched on, those people we've mentioned are they're seasoned. They've been through that. They've learned. They've had those failures. And just to bring it back to basketball, there's a really famous um, advert of Michael Jordan where he's walking to the court and he's listing all his failures. Uh-huh. And he just, at the end, it's he's failed over and over again and that's why he succeeds. And that that's always, that advert's always resonated with me in terms of it's fine to have those things you don't like because mm. those experiences will shape you into what you do like and what you can do. And so if you come out of university, it's probably a good thing just to just keep working. And like, I'm not saying work yourself into the ground, which is the expected thing sometimes of work till ridiculous hour. It's work smart how you want to work, but do as much as you can to learn what you want to do. You know, if you do a lot of illustration, open up a 3D program and just see if you can poke around in it. If you hate it, you've tried it. You know what you want to do then you can solely focus on what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's just one analogy that keeps coming up uh, on these conversations is, is something that I've talked about is uh, being a pinball in the pinball machine, sort of bouncing around, trying different things. Eventually yeah. you'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you've, you've got to bounce, like, you've got to bounce around to know where you're going. You know, when you look back at some of those really big names, like you said, like Lance Wyman and things like that, they didn't just go out and then that's it, they're in that one place. They went to all these different places, they bounced around, you know, they were here, they were there, and they learned all these things and then they ended up in one place because of all those things that have gone before them. Yeah, you know? there's an experience, build, build, build up of experience, yeah. Also, uh, people that have got it nailed, then good on you, that's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you can find that and you can get behind that style, it's, you know, you have to own it, you know. It's it's your thing. Own it, and then you can run with it. If you don't own it, it's never really going to have your heart and passion into it. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned any forty. Is that the like A N Y forty? Is in the the UK? Like, yes, studio? they're so yes. cool, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting out a few times, and he's the man's got such a good work ethic and stuff. He's yeah, he's done lots of stuff, and I was so so hyped to see him this year uh, as like any 40 linking up with um, NBA 2K and doing a limited edition case. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, I, something I've grown up with, like the NBA games and seeing him be able to put a mark on it was, yeah, such a proud moment for him. Like, I was proud for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a cool guy. I'm looking at it now like on Instagram. It's, it's a beautiful cover as well. But um, yeah, I like the, love the stuff they did before at Screen Rovers as well, the football yeah, football mascots yeah, and t-shirt designs yeah he's done those and like he's never been one to shy away from like you know what like this thing doesn't work or this thing like he's always been really honest with conversations with me and stuff and that's again like that's, that makes me appreciate him a lot more as a person like, is the fact he can be quite open with that and kind of say you know I'm, I'm struggling and let's if anyone else is like hey chin up and things like that and he's just he's got through a lot of tough times you know and just the collaborations he's done have been amazing. You know, you go back through the archives of any 40 and you've got, you know, like I say, Tom Mack did loads of stuff for him. 
back when like I had loads of their t-shirts for that and one of my friends James O'Connell has done stuff um his logo was done by um Hydro 74 you know uh, but he came from somewhere where it got him a lot of experience so he used to uh work on magazines um if I remember correctly he used to do a car magazine and then he moved on to computer arts mm, yeah. and so he did the computer arts projects and that was kind of his his thing and like you know, he's learned a lot of stuff for how to do things. Like he's met those incredible people commissioning artists. So he took that knowledge, like we've said, like people taking knowledge, he's taken that and moved that to any 40. And that's where he collaborates with his artists. And like, that's how he, that's what he knows. And that's what he's become really good at is like creating these collaborations. Like he's an amazing designer as well, but like the stuff he does with collaborations are unreal. And like he's done stuff with um, Graveyard Shift doing the No Running Club. You know, that's an amazing one as well. He's great at discovering talent as well. Yeah, he's yeah. just incredible. That's one of my favorite Instagrams to look at right now as well. Graveyard shift. So good. Yeah, the running club <laughs> stuff is is like really beautifully designed. Let's get the skeletons. But um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to you have to send me a load of people you're following because I think we're into the same sort of design. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, talking about basketball stuff and and um, the old uh, sort of nineties skateboard things as well like that's yeah. that's something that I love the design of like uh, yeah how, how has that inspired your work and, and what do you take from it so yeah so the skateboarding one's a great one so I grew up that was the first like I mean I was into football when I was younger and I was well, who's your team Charlton Athletic uh-huh. so I was the era of uh, Alan Kerbishley and Clive Mendonca Sasserilich so I actually went to when Wembley was the two towers, I went to the 1998 playoffs against Sunderland, which I think got voted the best football match at Wembley of all time. Wow. So it went on for God knows how long. Um, went into penalties and the penalties just went on and on and on. But it was just an experience of a time that was amazing. You know, I loved 90s football. It was, it was more raw. It was, yeah. I don't know. There's something about it. Yeah, the kits, kits from ninety. They're, they're so much better than than well. Now the kits are getting better now these days because they're being inspired by the nineties kits. But some of the stuff in the in the twenty tens era is just so basic. But uh, anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah, and like when you say that, like that's like where I first started to probably get an idea of what design was because of those kits. You know, I remember certain things of certain kits because of what they looked like. It wasn't so yeah. much like this the rest of the sport like i just remember eras like charlton had uh they were sponsored by mesh computers and i just remember the e in the mesh logo was just these three like three straight lines it was like oh that's different i love that that's cool and i remember the sunderland kit was this putrid putrid yellowy gold thing and they had the walkers <laughs> logo massive it. it was horrible <laughs> it would probably be considered now like one of those ones that, oh yeah that's really cool because it's horrible the classics yeah, yeah but I just remember those things and I just, and like if I remember correctly it's Kevin Phillips was the big name for Sunderland back then and like I just remember all those things and like the old Arsenal kits so they used to have like the jagged lines and they had gunners mm. written in like really horrible like really grotesque like tight face like really heavy slab tight it's beautiful like it's cool now. Yeah. Look back at it and I look thinking, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like all those goalkeeper, the goalkeeper shirts are probably the best reflection of like craziness. I used to have a, yeah. a Charlton kit, which is like purple and green. And it was like, had addicts written all over it. It's just weird. But I remember, 
are big collars as well, you know. And I, like for me, like remembering back to those times and remembering those little details, I think that's what I try and do with designers. I try and think what little detail can I get in in terms of that? Because someone else might look at that design and see that little detail and remember it. You know, I do that with some projects like for other people. I remember the little details they've done because of, you know that's what's caught my eye and what I remember. And the same with skateboarding because you had so many little clicks of this person's this type of skateboarder, this person's this type of skateboarder, but they all kind of amalgamated into one team. And like, I remember the flip video was probably the first kind of real video I owned. And it was, so, it was called Sorry, and it had John Rattray doing intros. And I just remember it being really weirdly creative. It was like him walking around his house, just being, and, you know, Johnny Rotten and being an idiot, but like the music, the editing and things that just created the motion. Mm. And it was a first experience of like video is so powerful but then i was looking at the skateboards area we're like using and you're like oh i love that design of this and i love that and then my first kind of one i looked at i was like i love the design of this was um the girl yeah right video like girl's got like the most simple logo it's like the girl toilet sign with a board around it <laughs> it's not anything complex but the stuff they did in that video was just, it was so well designed. And they had a part in it, which was called the invisible board, which for that time was, um, like, I couldn't, at that time I didn't understand what green screen was and things like that. So I was baffled <laughs> by how many skateboarders going round and there's no board, but there's shadow, there's like dust flying up, it's all this. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't get this, but this is amazing, you know, like yeah. everything's there and like, now they've like you can find the original clip where they've got the green board and stuff and like now I know how it works like okay but back then it was like mid nineties I think or the early two thousand how they did that I was like that's insane and it, that is what I kind of like try and want to bring to my work is like oh that's you know that little detail is great or how did you do that that's really cool and like on my site like well, to a developer quite closely to do the little glitch on the front page and ended up like finding that someone was posting on forums like how do you do this and it's like oh, that's cool you know that, exactly that, those was, little yeah. things it's not a public it's not a mass load of people asking about it. it's just like one person but that's what makes it that's cool i've tried to do something different someone likes it it's, that's that's a win from in my books yeah i like that. i like getting those those little hints and little meanings into into the logos or uh, yeah anywhere really any design yeah it's cool just trying i was just looking at your website now like, yeah it's cool it's it's good <laughs> Yeah, it's due a bit of an update. <laughs> that is cool, that glitch. Is that how, how did you do that? <laughs> uh, so it's all code-based. Um, okay. Yeah, I've got to give hats off to developer friend Steve Hitchman, uh, who goes by Bitwork Pixel. He, yeah, I was like, I really want to do a glitch with this. He's like, I want it to look like this. And he's like, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he came back in like a few tweaks and stuff, and it was just, yeah. It, nice just hats off to him for getting that sorted you know he done an absolutely amazing job of like the weird nuances i was like i want to do this like i'll see if it's possible and like just in the evenings working on it and stuff it was yeah it was really good a little partnership of me and him back and forth of ideas and things and he was just so into it yeah that's cool it's really cool that's that's another thing though collaborating with people and just like just testing things out and for friends and just sharing knowledge and, and uh, skills like that's that's one thing especially at a young age when you're not you know you're doing a lot of personal works 
if you can, if you can make your portfolio better by collaborating with someone, and that also makes their portfolio better, that's like that's huge. I wish they did that more, to be honest. Yeah, it's a hard thing, like reaching out to someone and say, "Hey, look, do you want to work together?" Because there's a lot out there that will go, "Yeah, give me loads of money." You know, <laughs> if you want to collaborate with me, it's got to be like money in it. But I, for me, I'd love doing collaborations with people because. Like you say you could bounce those ideas off, but you'll get ideas that you wouldn't have had. Mm. You know, there's little things go, well, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? And that's one of the things I like about being in the studio is there's been times where I'm stuck and kind of like, this is all I can think of for this. And someone will come along and go, why don't you do this? And I'm like, oh, good idea. You know, it's like those things that I won't think of, someone else might do. So a collaboration is such a key thing for trying to push your creativity because you never know where someone's going to go. There's a great thing that no longer runs. Uh, I think it was called uh, Layer Tennis, where they, I think Adobe kind of got onto it at the end of it. I can't remember who it was originally by, but um, it was two designers going back and forth, a bit like a tennis match with a file. So they had a certain period of time. It was like, right, here's your serve. You go over, here's the file. You do something, send it over. Right, you do something to it. And it was basically just back and forth just seeing what the hell happened with this file. And some went from like a static like bit of text to big animations and things like this. And it was just like, it was great seeing it. Like seeing those little collaborations, they did like little bits alongside where they had actual commentary and stuff. It was just brilliant. That is like cool, a nice, that's... nice idea. And you can just see how people's brains kind of tick. And it's amazing just seeing how people work. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great idea actually. Layer tennis. Yeah, maybe I should bring it back. <laughs> it would be, yeah, like it would be amazing to bring it back. You know, there's there's so many creatives out there that just want to kind of have an idea brought to them because it's so hard coming up with like a side project idea that hasn't been done or that's fresh for you to kind of take over. Mm. So if you can, someone can come to you and go, oh no, do this. Do you want to collaborate with me? It's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. You know. Yeah, uh, good, very good. Yeah, that's um, a huge one. So you also mentioned, you wanted to chat a bit about um, community and um, and uh, yeah, building up, building up a community of how, how important that was when you were younger. Yeah, so like just going back again, so when I came out of university, I just really didn't want to do design. I was so, so deflated. I was so yeah. unsure. Is that what I want to do? Do I want to go and try to do something else? Do I want to... You know, being really involved in sport, do I want to go and do coaching? Do I want to go and do personal training? Do I want to do something like that? So on a bit of a whim, uh, with uni, we'd gone to off in Paris and it was an amazing conference, you know, it was amazing to go out there. So I so, said, you know what, I'm going to take myself and I'm going to go off. It was in Barcelona now, they'd moved it permanently there. I've got to go there. I'm going to go on my own and just see what happens. So like I said before, I'm not a naturally confident person. So I was quite scared to be a bit of an understatement but um sorry for the scream <laughs> um, it's all right. so i got out there and i was like i can't be out here on my own and like just sit here on my own taking the talk so it's going to be great but i need to have a bit of a chat with someone let's, let's make the most of this so i just put it on yeah. social media and I was quite lucky two guys got back to me so James O'Connell I've already mentioned and Matt Booth I remember going kind of meet them they were having uh, dinner somewhere randomly on the first night we got out there and yeah meeting them and 
but just chatting to them was an unreal experience because of how open and honest they were with their experiences. And I was kind of there to say, you know what? They've gone through bits like this. They've had their trials and tribulations and they've kind of got to where they are now. So maybe I'm just giving up too quickly. Maybe I just, my heart was in the wrong place of, I was trying to put myself in a pigeonhole and maybe I should keep trying to find what I want to do. And it kind of sparked a bit of a fire in me of like, I, I want to do this. I'm going to make this work. And if I didn't have those few days of being able to hang around with them, asking questions and like them introducing me to even more people, I just don't think I would have continued design. You know, that was such a pivotal moment for me that having met them and for the next few years going out there and they were there as well and hanging out with them and meeting even more people, you know, I got to meet people like Cy Scott, um, uh, Dave says directly runs uh, Design by Dave and just hanging out with random people like that I don't I don't think I'd ever be anywhere near of a position I'm in but what was what was important for me was I wasn't out there trying to get a job because I was so disconnected from design I wasn't out there going oh if I talk to this person I'll get a job I was out there going I just need to make some friends in this industry and so those no ulterior motives really pushed me to ask more questions and ask more things that it was just great. And so having that little community was amazing. Like every year going to often learning more stuff like the conference itself is amazing, but it was that little community just made everything that I was doing worth it. And it kind of drove me to set up the podcast and I was like, you know what, these people gave me some time. If I can give that experience to someone else, then that would be amazing. And so I was at Reasons. I was I was emailing people about the podcast and no one got back to me. And I suddenly got an email back from Gavin and he was talking that year and I managed to meet him that time. And we basically, whether he let me or not, but I, was, <laughs> I basically hung around with him for that, those few days that Reasons was on. And just, just seeing how he took in the talks and stuff. I was like, this is amazing. Like the fact he said yes to his podcast was, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I was speaking to Julia Sega, who I got introduced to from Matt and James out in Barcelona, who was a computer artist at the time. She's like, yeah, yeah, like speak to us and like, we'll, we'll like see if we can do anything in the mag or whatever and stuff. And like, it was just seeing people getting enthused about something that you were doing without, like I say, that ulterior motive of like trying to get something out of them was just insane and I think without them being there to kind of bounce those ideas off and come up with that idea and say yeah we'll do something because we think it's worth it I, I wouldn't be what, where I am so I think community wise if you don't surround yourself with people that are going to give you honest opinions but also get excited about what you're doing but also be critical when you know it's not exciting what you're doing I think that's such an important thing to have, especially as a young designer. You need people to go, that's not right, or why don't you try this, or give you that kind of like that kick goes, yeah, I'm doing something that I should be doing, rather than kind of what my experience of uni was, was kicking me when I'm down and saying, no, nah, it's not right. You know, there's a different way of doing it. Yeah, I'm a huge one for um, design conferences, and I think they can help 
a young person creatively massive, massively um, but if you say you can't you don't have the money to go to Barcelona or you don't have like America can't go to America or you know, even the UK ones you can't go to them for some reason but uh, how, how do people do this without going to conferences and, and doing it whilst you're at uni or whilst well, that's where social media is. It it's, comes into its element. You know, that's how I got in touch with James and Matt. You know, that's through Twitter. But I'd met so many people beforehand of just like Randy talking to him on Twitter and social media. And I, with the podcast, I was emailing people. And it's that having that confidence to do that was game changing in terms of making those connections and being able to. Like, I've met some of them in person now, but there's still a lot I haven't but I don't feel any different connections to those people because having chats with them. So I think that's where social media comes into element. You know, you, if someone ignores your tweet or whatever, like some people can take that quite personally, but you know what, you know, see a tweet, sometimes things, it's like being on a box and just shouting loudly into a crowd. Someone will hear yeah. you. It's just talking to the right people and finding that right moment, you know? So I think, I, I've... yeah. Yeah, no, good, sorry, I keep cutting you off. Um, yeah, I was going to say, my, my, funny, funny, my grandparents, they, they say, I, when, I, when I say to my grandparents, oh, I've got a friend, I don't know, in in Portugal, or I've got a friend in in uh, I don't know, Newcastle or somewhere like that, and they said, oh, yeah, some, someone someone that you don't work with. And I said, oh, no. And then they say, oh, someone you've met. I'm like, no, no, just, just a friend that I know from, from like, talking to it's like, well, no. that's not really a friend. Like, but it is. I know them. I talk to them on a daily basis. Like, they've become a good friend. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that's really important to kind of – the way to look at it is just because you haven't met someone physically in person yet, when you meet them in person, you know, you have a different relationship with someone because it's – you know, you can be more probably honest there because, you know, it's not a public platform and things like that. But I don't view social media as any different to – if I was to ring someone up or be face to face with them, yeah, you know, you can do so much with that and get get a lot out of people. Yeah, absolutely. So much to be had, so much opportunity out there. It's good. Exactly. It's good. Nice. Let's let's go on to uh, the last last few questions. Um, I'd like to ask everyone. So first of all, what's your best purchase under a hundred pounds? Best purchase under a hundred. Yep. Uh, does it have to be new? Could be anything, anything you want. Okay, so I managed to get a bargain. Uh, this is a few years ago. So one of the biggest things on like me personally when I was growing up was Fresh Prince Bel Air, and it kicks <laughs> nice. like trainer obsession. I love like, <laughs> trainers, and like there's a lot of moments in sports I can define by trainers. Like yeah, oh, they were wearing yeah. that one, you know. Yeah, you got Jordan's flu game and Jordan twelves and things like that. And I remember seeing the Jordan fives in. Fresh prints, and I remember seeing the grapes, which were basically they're white and they're purple, a bit like my colours, so purple and a bit of a kind of a greeny blue. And I've always wanted a pair of them, and I managed to get a pair for considerably cheaper than they were supposed to be, brand new <laughs> on eBay. And I was like, I've I've just got my dream pair of shoes, and I haven't worn them since because I'm so scared of creasing them. <laughs> but there's something of like. It's, it's probably not great to be so materialistic on something, but it was just something that just evokes a lot of uh, like history and like emotion mm. and stuff. Like they're just so, and the design of them is just so great. And I love the colors and everything. It's just everything like aesthetic wise. I absolutely love them. See, I, I think 
Um, I'm doing I'm doing a lot of research into personal finance and stuff recently, and I think it's something we need to talk about more in the community. So I'm trying to do a lot more um, blog posts and videos around that. But I think it's great to be um, materialistic around stuff that's meaningful to you. So like for me, it's like football cards and football programs. Mm. So I've been buying like signed football cards of like famous players, and like, maybe I'll sell them one day, but. If I'm honest, it's probably not going to be sold. <laughs> like, it's, no, it's, a nice it's, a different, it's a different feeling. There's a different things for each person. You know, it's I've got things that people look at. And go, why the hell have you got that? It's like, well, it's a meaning to me. You know, and I think yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's being wise in that kind of sense. Yeah, I think I think if if it holds purpose to you, I think it's absolutely fine. Um, as long as it's yeah, as long as it does do that and it does serve you a purpose. As soon as yeah. it doesn't, then get rid of it. But um, yeah, that's a nice answer. I like that. Do you, have any, uh, do you have any life advice for people listening? Life advice? Um, I can I can't never remember where I heard it, but the best thing I've heard was five minutes of your time can mean a lifetime to someone else. And I think for me, that's like just people are so in an internet age, just want things quickly, you know, computers are getting faster. People just have this thing of, ah, oh, everything's got to be instant. It's like, well, no, take the time to talk to someone or take the time to do something. Because that five minutes for you that you can get done very quickly, it'll be a completely different world to someone else. Like you're saying, like the Lance Wyman thing, you know, he took that time to talk to you and that's something sticking with you for life. But for him, mm-hmm. like not in a bad way, like it might not <laughs> Just be... Just a kid on the internet asking him to it, chat with <laughs> Exactly. But if you yeah. understand what you can give someone else, you know, I think that's such a, a great thing. That's a real, real good point. I never thought about it like that, in that way. That's... Um... Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Uh, what makes you tick? What makes you get up in the morning and, and want to do design? Uh, I probably just my need to just do things. I just, every day I just want to try and do something a bit different. And for me, getting up and doing design is, uh, it's trying to solve those issues that I couldn't solve the day before. You know, there's always something I'll get stuck with and I'll just let it sit and then I'll get up the next day and I'm like, right, let's tackle this. You know, and I always want to get better at things and want to learn stuff and it's just seeing something new and, you know, someone else is going to release a different website, someone's going to release a new book, someone's going to do this. Oh, I always want to learn, you know. And for me, it's, it's that, that will to learn, you know, that's what gets me yeah. up for the designers. I just want to soak it all in and just learn as much as I can. That's awesome. That's really cool. I like that. Uh, what's your what would be a dream job what would be your your ideal design job ideal job I'd love to brand a basketball team you know nice. it's, it's, it's always been the thing I want to do or even just design anything to do with a basketball team you know to see a logo on a court and things like that you know yeah, they're now perfect. doing like this amazing thing where they're putting like um, 3D projection onto the court, so the court, like it's moving stuff, like just to do something with that would be great. But it's like, yeah, I'd love to do something that like I turn on and see in basketball or even American football, like just to see a bit of my work there, even if it's like just a tiny bit of like, oh, I helped do this or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about the scale of it. It's, I just want to kind of work on something to do with, you know, with basketball, American football, or even skateboarding, you know. Just something that touches, something that I used to be so dedicated to. Nice, nice. It's very nice. Yeah, I've I've got the same thing, same thing with um, with sports. Same, same addiction. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a love. It's not an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's a love. Um, how do you want to be remembered? It's the last question. 
I'd like to remember someone that just always did the most that they could do. You know, left it all out there. You know, again, that goes back to that sports thing. The whole point is like you go out there for however long your game is, you leave it all out there for that moment. I'd like to remember the, the person that kind of, whether I succeeded or failed, I gave it everything and left it all there at the end of the day. Nice. Yeah, leave it all on the court. I love it. Exactly. Um, exactly. Where can people find you? Check you out and uh, say hello. Uh, most of my stuff is, so Aid Mills so aidmills.com is my website at Aid Mills is all my social media stuff that's pretty much awesome. where I am <laughs> nice one uh, and then we like to end the podcast these days with a little saying uh, cool runnings peace be the journey as they say in the film that is a very good one <laughs> and it's Sanka are you dead yet? <laughs> <laughs> that's come up on a few times uh, there's so many good quotes yeah, cool. that's a very just... great very great film you know yeah. the bit where they're pep talking him in the mirror yeah. That's so good. What do you see? <laughs> a badass mother. It won't take no crap out of nobody. That's, that's uh, a, yeah, it's a very good. And John Candy, one of the best yeah. actors of all time. One of the greats. Yeah, it's so good. You know, check it out if people are listening along and you haven't seen it yet. Um, I, I've probably said that on like three, four podcasts before this one goes out. So if you haven't checked it out by now, I'll be disappointed. But, uh, yeah, nice one. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. No, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure talking. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You can check out his work down in the description below, along with the links for our partners and uh, ways you can help out the podcast. That's through Design Cuts. We've got affiliate links for Design Cuts and Logo Package Express. Both will help out the podcast. And also, you won't be paying any extra, but you'll be helping out the podcast. Logo Package Express, actually, we're offering 20% discount as well. 20% discount uh, on Logo Package Express. Uh, if you haven't seen our podcast with Michael from Logo Package Express, I highly recommend you check that out. Um, really, really good tool and, and great Illustrator plugin. So there you go, uh, down in the description. Thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed it. And I'll see you next week for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Wow.